do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. That was kind of pitiful at the end. I know. I meant for it to be pitiful. Oh man. <laughs> are you are you sad? Are you tired? Nah, I actually slept eight hours last night. I know, isn't that crazy? I'm Amazing. What? I'm impressed. I'm what? impressed. I don't know that I've ever known you to tell me that before. Well, it's been a rare, rare occurrence in my life lately. So I just, and I'm kind of groggy the way you get when you, uh, <laughs> you get sleep after you haven't gotten sleep. Yeah, yeah. We call that Logie. Oh, I thought Logie was when your stomach felt bad, but either way. Oh, no, that's puny. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been besides well-rested? I kind of dread it for all of us now. You have eight hours sleep. Oh, God. I, I've been, it has been so weird. I'm just going to be honest with all of y'all that I've been catching up on all the exams and tests and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I haven't done in two years. Yeah. Which means that once a week, I'm going to some damn doctor or another, and they're putting me through some kind of test. And of course, they never know the answer immediately. So not only do I have the stress of going to the damn doctor, but I've got the stress of waiting around to hear, though I know everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I've got the stress of waiting for whatever that thing is to come back. And it's like relentless week after week after week, mm. September and leaking into October. And I'm just I feel like an old woman. You know how old people, all they talk about is the weather and their health. <laughs> and old people have to go to the doctor all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to the doctor. Didn't you go to the doctor two weeks ago? Yeah, different doctor. So, uh, so it's just made me a little bit, I don't know, ill, I guess. I've been a little bit ill with it. And I blessings, blessings on all of them for putting me through the tests they need to put me through so I can be healthy. And I, I passed them all so far, except, you know, I'm, my vitamin D3 levels were too low. So I'm going to take some more vitamin D3 and yeah. my calcium was too high. So, you know, stuff like that, that yeah. just piddle around and fix it. I so think that's how I've been. I've been trying to just play catch up. Well, it's interesting to me that, that your vitamin D is low. Well, I ain't never out in the sun without sunscreen and a hat and a long sleeve shirt and a whatever. I now I was looking at this skin. It can't go in the sun. I burn like Dracula. <laughs> I know. I know. Believe me. I know how you, know. you got the same dang skin. I do. But the reason I was interested in that is because I, I can't remember who I heard, who I was talking with a few weeks back 
about vitamin D and how folks of uh, a certain descent, they utilize vitamin D differently because they are from an environment originally that didn't have as much sunlight. And right. so, <laughs> so are you speaking of those of us who are melanin deficient? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. So, but it, it was an interesting conversation. I wish my brain would help me remember the rest of it, whatever that was. It was very well, interesting. A friend of mine, Kathy Wilhelm, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, she was asking me how things were going, and I did the same kind of whiny, bitchy thing I just did with y'all. And she said, oh, well, was all that weight loss you did, was that, did you have bariatric surgery? And I'm, I went, no, I just, I just stopped eating carbohydrates. And she said, because for, because she had had bariatric surgery, and she said, the doctor said one of the things to look out for is that you tended not to use your vitamin D as well, or the often people who had had that surgery were D deficient. And she said, well, it just made sense to me, but I mean, now it doesn't make any sense because you didn't have any surgery. So I think it's just because I don't get out in the sun enough. And vitamin D, they're saying, this is D3. Vitamin D is really, uh, it's helpful in keeping the COVIDs away. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you are chronically vitamin D deprived, you need to go talk to your doctor about it and they can give you those, I was like 50,000 IUs. You take one a week for a month or something and oh. it gets your vitamin D up. Well, I imagine they'll do that next time I see them, but they just put me on. I was, I was taking vitamin D a thousand, uh, I use and they bumped it up to 3000. So we'll see. Maybe I'll get out in the sun if I can without turning into a lobster. I'll tell you, it used to be considered the height of beauty. At least that's what I was told as a child who had red hair and blue eyes and light skin that you want to keep that skin white and pretty. Don't get it out in the sun. And it's so Victorian and <laughs> people who, who get tanned or people who are working out in the fields. And well, that's what how, I do. I work yep. out in the fields. Yeah. So. That's how it was explained to me. And I remember my grandma would go out there. She was so beautiful. Gosh, she would have this bright red hair and she was always perfectly made up just like the Green Acres, the gal in Green Acres. What was her name? Oh, yeah. uh, that was that. Uh, was that Ava Gabor? It might have been. Oh, um, I don't remember what the character's name was. Lisa. 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 Yes. It was Lisa. That's right, and she was always Lord. dressed that up. Came out the of the way back machine, didn't it? Yeah. It did. But that's my grandma would go out there, and she'd have you know these beautiful fingernails, and her makeup would be perfect, and she would put her big giant hat on and she would put on, you know, a scarf around her hair and then the hat on top of that. And she'd be in long sleeves and gloves working in the garden every day. Well, my grandmother was the same way. She was such a beauty and she was the youngest, the youngest child and also the youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. And I think some of her older sisters were considered the family beauty. So she never thought of herself as being a beauty. But oh my goodness, I look back at pictures of her, even in her 50s and 60s, and she's got this flawless skin. And she's just, 
and she's made up perfectly. And I, I know I've told you all the story of sitting on the, on the foot of the bed, watching her get ready to go to church. Yeah. And she would be there in her, her girdle and you know, all of her appropriate underwear and a beautiful slip. Mm. And she'd be doing her makeup and her hair and all that. Um, but it was the same way. So she was beautifully made up. But wherever she went, she looked amazing, immaculate. Oh, yes. But her thing was, I mean, she loved gardening, but she really loved to build stuff. She built all the cabinets in any house she ever lived in. Wow. And, yeah, she was, and she built, helped build the uh, addition onto the last house she lived in. I mean, she just was a little contractor woman. Wow. So, so I have this image of her with like the perfect hair and love that red lipstick. Hey. And then she'd have on these just ratty looking men's pants that probably she had taken from her husband, from my grandfather <laughs> and <clears throat> belted up. And then she would have on like a t-shirt underneath and she, she preferred V neck t-shirts. She thought they were more feminine <laughs> and then a, a man's work shirt over the top of that. And she'd be like hammering and sawing and that yeah, amazing, amazing. That is an amazing image. We were, we were lucky to have such good grandmas. Oh yeah, we were inspire us. Oh yeah, my my other grandma was was kind of opposite in many ways from this grandma, but I loved her just as much. And she also had a garden because that's what you did to feed yourself back then, as you grew your food. That's just all there was to it. And so, if you had a little plot of a yard that you could do that in, you did. And um. I had a relative one time who moved to the big city, did not have a yard or anything to grow their food in and ended up growing indoors, growing food indoors. Because why? Because that's what you were supposed to do. It would be, you know, wasteful to just spend all your money on store-bought food. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, that's so funny because I was at the grocery store yesterday and, you know, we go to the same grocery store all all the time once a week so we know everybody there and and one of the one of the staff was shelving stuff I think and we ran into each other and she said well how are you doing and we had see we had stopped beside this big display of cannon jars and I said I'm doing pretty good and I patted this stack of jars and I said but dang I sure could use some cannon lids and rings without having to buy more jars and we got in this whole discussion about, damn, why can't they just get on it? We need these things. And we got 10,000 jars, so we don't need no more damn jars. We need lids and rings. And it, it was just, it was hilarious. And, and she said, well, and now by the time you buy more jars, you might as well just wait and not even freeze it, not even can anything, but just buy food all winter long. Well, where's the sense in that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly we did we froze a lot of things we didn't can as much as we froze I think I believe no wait I'll take it back my my granny Corbin would can more than she would freeze my other grandma would freeze more than she would can so I take that well freezing is easier and you keep the texture especially of vegetables Mm -hmm. you keep the texture better freezing like green beans you can green beans and they just get soft and mushy which you know, back in the day, that's the way people liked green beans, but right. I don't. So I blanch them fast, and then I stick them in the bag and stick them in the freezer. 
Uh, yeah. But the thing about that is if the power goes down for more than, you know, 48 hours or so, you're going to lose everything in the freezer. Right. The power, goes, power goes down with canned goods and you're fine. Well, and the power went down a lot, let's face it. Oh, yeah, and still does because the primitive grid that we had when we were growing up, it's more sophisticated now, and it, but there's more people on it and it still goes down. All yep. the damn time. Uh, it does. Yes, it does. I know this for a fact. I, re I remember you just made me think of something. And, and I don't know what you would call it, but it was back when I was a kid, my grandpa would have all this wiring, wire. And when I say wire, I mean like telephone, war. what wire. Yeah. Did you say wire? <laughs> I, I might have. Um, he had some, a lot of wire. A lot of wire. wire. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just realized how that sounded. But he, he had a lot of wire and he would they would be on these big giant spools. So if you imagine a wire that's about two to three inches thick, mm -hmm. if you cut that, if you cut that open, what you're going to see inside of it, or at least on that wire, were other wow. smaller pieces of wire that were uh, wrapped around each other. And inside that wire, okay. So now I can't I can't say it now. I remember that the wires were different colors. It was a bright green and a bright blue and a red and a yellow and an orange and a purple, I think. And who knows if there was anything else. I used to get into that and cut open those big wires and get the little wires out. And I would take them and I would make things with them. So I would make, I would, I would wrap a piece of wire in a circle and then I would take the other wire and I would wrap around that circle really tightly so that it looked like beads, but it wouldn't be beads. It would be, you know, and uh, oh. yeah, boy, that was some fine motor skill work. And I, that was I my ran. hobby down there. I, I just remember that was one of my hobbies. If I had to be indoors and I didn't have anything else to do, I would I would make a, you know, a ring or a bracelet in about an hour. And I just made it and made it and made it some more. I made hundreds of pieces of it through the years. And I bet you I could never find that wire again. It was copper inside of that. Ooh. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Probably that cost you a million dollars these days. I guess, yeah. And we had a basement full of those blue glass insulators. Do you remember those? That I and I, evidently those are collectible. So yeah, I wonder, I wonder how many millions of dollars through the years worth of blue glass insulators were down in that basement. Are they still there? Let's go get them. Oh no, no, they've been gone for <laughs> decades now, or decades as Kennedy decades. decades. But yeah, that was that was a memory. You said that and it just sent me right back there. And I'll tell you something else. This was the time of year. And I don't know why I would do this, but I would go and find something on the ground and just put it in my pocket and carry it around in the fall. Sometimes it was usually like a nut of some kind <laughs> or it'd be oh, the first the first little pine cone or something, something that I found. I remember doing that. Because I love the fall so much. 
I love being in the woods and the fall so much. Oh yeah. And I love days like this. I don't know about you, but it's been raining for since yesterday here. So it's a little bit too much rain, but it's gray and dark and cool. Oh, I love this weather. A friend of mine was saying, oh, the shorter days and longer nights and cool weather. I'm just, I'm not up for it. And I responded with, I am up for it. I like it. I'll take all of yours. Yeah, absolutely. This is the time of year. I love to be outside. I love to be in the woods. You know, in the fall, every, every step you take, you're going to make noise. No Every step what. you take. <laughs> oh no, is Sting watching me again? Damn. He never stopped. He He's never always stopped. watching us. That's right. He's worse than Santa Claus, isn't he? <laughs> He's better looking. He's much better looking, yeah, I would have to say. But uh, he, uh, Sting, God, that's such a sick thought, too. I know. I know. Well, you think about a lot, a lot of them old songs, and you hear them now, and you go, ugh. Yeah, that wouldn't fly nowadays, is what you say. Uh, like, hell, hell, come on, 16-year-old girl, get into my car. What? <laughs> I don't think so. That better not be my 16-year-old daughter. Wait, you just segued into what should have been the main topic. Because in my mind, what you said was the song uh, Chevy Van. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> by, by Sammy Johns. And Sammy I'm going to love you in my Chevy van. <laughs> and that's all right by me. And then that last verse, I put her out in a town that was so small. <laughs> you know, that, oh, my yeah. God. So, and then from that segue, I went to, well, Sammy Johns is recently dead. And from oh, that, I went God. to, well, and it is getting closer to Salon. And <laughs> God, you are like a squirrel. <laughs> Y'all, I, I tease Alicia sometimes because she'll, uh, she gets started on something. And it's like watching a pin, old-fashioned pinball machine. No. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? What'd you just say? <laughs> I, I was teasing her when in the pre-show because she said something and I understood every word of what she said, but I still didn't understand what she said. Part of that's because I got eight hours sleep last night. So my brain is like, what? What am I supposed to do with all this rest? <laughs> I know. I'll bet you, I'll bet you spent last night flying in your dreams. I did. I've been having such good dreams lately. Yeah. Vivid, uh, very vivid dreams. It's my dreams have been getting really vivid and no, no joke, even though it is funny now. Um, I did want to talk about some sound subjects and, and the dreams. That's one of the signs. It's like in the fall, you see the, the vines going up the trees turn yellow and orange and red first. And then around here, we see the dogwoods get red next right yeah and, boy, and, they are pretty right now mm -hmm. and then at some point you start getting the random brown leaves that fall to the ground and that's that's one of the reasons I love to walk in the woods in the fall I make noise every step I take so animals that don't want to be around me which are all the animals in the woods <laughs> that's right none of them want to be around them that's right can you blame them and so they can hear me and I can hear them. You can hear yeah. all of them. And if you're a person who doesn't like snakes, you can hear exactly 
what's out there in the woods. If you go out on a warm early fall day, when you've just got, you know, enough leaves on the ground to make noise, uh -huh. then you can hear and you'll be surprised at how many snakes are around you. People well, don't like snakes. They don't go back in the woods. After <laughs> don't go in the woods if you don't like snakes. That's it. Yeah. Well, I went out the other night. I mean, it's hard to believe it after we've had how many days of pouring rain. But yeah. I had to go out to water that new winter garden that I put in. Yeah. All those little seedlings. And I just, it was one thing after another. And I couldn't get out there till it was, it was past sundown, but not dead dark. Okay. So I could see well enough to fill up the water buckets in the rain barrel and all that stuff. But as I stepped out, because we don't have leaves in the backyard yet, I stepped out and I was being very, very quiet. And I, and I just heard this kind of <sighs> sound. And I thought, what was that? Because we live in bear territory here. Yeah. And it sounded just like the kind of noise a bear makes when they get something tickly up their nose and they go <sighs> the way horses do. Right. And and I froze, got perfectly still. And I'm looking around and I'm listening, listening, listening. And I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a bear because you couldn't smell a bear. You certainly couldn't hear a bear, which you will hear because they're very big. Hmm. And I and and so it sounded like a bear. And I just it it felt to me like here is your warning. Don't just go wandering out this time of day hmm. without thinking about what you're doing and who else might be out here. And I'm not talking about the neighbors. Yeah. I'm talking about the other neighbors. Yep. Well, you know, you could wear a bell around your neck. <laughs> I could like Bell and the cat. What's that noise? Oh, it's Byron working in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Or you can do like the yard man and sing. The whole well, that's time. true. I do sing sometimes. Yeah, I do too. I've heard you too. You make the happy good noise. <laughs> well, I, I love being out in the garden and I especially love it when things are going well mm -hmm. and you go out and you go, oh, look at those beautiful lettuces or, oh, isn't that, look at those collards. Yay. I don't necessarily sing the happy song when I go out there and, you know, the bugs have eaten something up or, or the little cutworms have cut them off down by their roots. Oh, I then I don't heard. sing the happy song. I sing the God, uh, uh, being a farmer's hard. <laughs> I hadn't thought of the word cutworms in a long time. Oof. Yeah, I don't like them. I mean, I don't know anybody who does except chickens. Oh, oh chickens, chickens do love them, though. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Yes. And this is kind of a, this is an interesting thing. When, what do you think a black chicken means in the world of magic and Appalachia? Well, there are an awful lot of people in uh, um, African diaspora religions <laughs> that put great, store by a black chicken, especially a black rooster. But uh, in, in my part of Appalachia anyway, a black one was never particularly significant, but, uh, but the, bi the big old, I don't even know what it is. It's bigger than a Rhode Island red rooster, but the kind of roosters that they use for cockfighting, 
that those not, were oh not like a banty um no no these are those big old chesty roosters yeah yeah and i want to say they're not leghorns but they're shaped like leghorns yeah yeah um those were always prized just for their virility and and their virility both as they were good at breeding more chickens but also to have a to have a, a rooster, a cock of a walk kind of rooster like that mm-hmm. on your place said something about not only your family, but especially the men in your family. So if you had a, if you'll pardon the expression, if your chicken herd had a big cock in it, it was believed that that, uh, that concept uh, was true of every male in your family. How's that? Do you, okay. Are you gonna have to cut that one out or was, was that subtle enough? It, no, you, I think you showed great restraint. <laughs> but I don't. But I've never heard that a black rooster or a black hen in Appalachian culture had a particular significance. Have you, when you were growing up? Well, I was just wondering about that because it seems like that subject has come up to my attention lately quite a bit, and I just really I was trying to kind of rack my brains to see if I knew of anything in the Appalachian past that I'm aware of that had to do with a specifically with a black chicken. And I, I can't think of anything. No. And I think a lot of people start to conflate uh, Appalachian folkways with, with Southern folkways in general. Mm-hmm. And we don't have so much influence up here uh, with Appalachian, uh, with African diaspora religions, not so much. But but down in the low country, you know, Gullah Geechee territory and farther south. And then obviously down in New Orleans, they have a lot of that influence, but mm. not not so much up here. And as I always say, this is always my caveat. I am not saying they were not enslaved people here because there were, but there wasn't necessarily a critical mass enough here in the Southern Highlands to ha- for it to have a big effect on the folk magic. Right. And for me, I'm just at such a, a learner's level that I, I, I literally don't know really where to reference that question correctly, except to somebody like you. Now, well, I feel and, that- and I will say this, too, is the thing about any kind of folk magic is that most of it gets passed down through families and communities. So there may be, and if there's people that are listening right now that practice or know about Appalachian folk magic, and wherever you are in Appalachia, if you have significant, uh, some significant thing about a black chicken, let us know. Yeah. Because that's just not part of my experience where I grew up, but it might be different where they grew up, where right. y'all grew up. Right. And, I, I, you know, when I was a kid and when I was younger, I didn't go around looking for stuff like that you know I didn't actively I wasn't all that actively seeking I was more experiencing because that's what you do when you're young you know so I knew about the things that were in my sight that I could touch or in my environment in some other closer way but I really didn't know much about anything else in the world so it's very insular kind of living. It wasn't on purpose. It was just that we just didn't have a lot, a lot in Robbinsville to go out. You know, how can you experience the lights of Paris if 
if you don't know they exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From well, me. Always interesting, interesting uh, to think about. Yeah, well, the black chicken thing, and I'll probably, I don't know if I'll cut this out or not, I don't know. Um, maybe the weirdlings will get it, but the black chicken thing, um, I was asking because it has just been showing up in my life over and over and over again, and I didn't realize it. The other day, about two or three weeks ago, uh, we were go going into Candler and had stopped just kind of randomly because I needed to look at a GPS at this shopping center. And I pulled into the parking lot because I didn't want to drive while I was trying to look at a GPS. And this, so here's this black chicken, that black rooster, completely black. And it uh -huh. rolls up, walks right up to the driver's side there. And, and I don't know, I rolled the window down. I was talking to the chicken. You would have too. I guarantee yeah, of course. you. Oh, know. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what you doing? And, you know, and I was speaking rooster language and chicken language. And I, I know how to do that a little bit, but I didn't know what it was saying. But we had a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we did. It was a long one until I was really surprised. And then oh. so we went, visited our friend and uh, came back and it was gone. And I look in the mirror as I'm pulling out and the chicken is like running after my car to come through the woods to find my, yeah. it's like, what is going on? That chicken loves me. And about a day after that, randomly, somebody in my Earth Critters page, which is a small group, but very active. It's got about 400 people or so in it. And it is very active group and had been around for a long time. And they had posted this article about black chickens. Oh. And then I go in to work and somebody asked me for a black chicken candle. And I look and I placed a candle order and I swear I don't remember doing this. So I, I wonder if Lisa modified my order or something before it went out. And there were seven black chicken candles that were coming in. It's like, what? Wow. Black chickens show up in my, my subconscious, my conscious. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. I love it when stuff like that happens. I was just, you know, curious if it had some sort of meaning because it was starting to stand out to me. I mean, it took me long enough, but so that's why I ask you, because I really don't, I don't have a clue what that would mean. I know that the black chicken in the parking lot was really fun to have a conversation with. That sounds, it sounds, yeah. I mean, I, I just, uh, um, I don't have anything. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, I, I got nothing. That's all right. Except now you, you're like, man, I need to take a step back from this chick. She's, you know, talking. Oh, well, what I'm thinking now is, eh, I never heard of that. And then I'm remembering not a whole lot of people when I was growing up had chickens. Few, few um, people did, but not too many. And that's weird because we were very much out in the country. So huh, I'm just well, thinking about all of that stuff. You know, I imagine that's the case because chickens have to be carefully monitored, especially out in the country, because they are so easy to, and so tasty. A chicken can be eaten by everything from an egg-stealing snake to any, anything that needs some food will come after either the chicken the chick or the egg yeah well and i can remember 
uh, for sure any dog, because of course we didn't have our dogs fenced in or on leashes or anything like that out in the country back in the day. <laughs> and if, uh, if a dog was caught, or if a dog was branded a chicken killer, yeah, it was taken out and shot. Yeah. And there was no redemption for it. Right. There was once it started. Dog, yeah. That once it had tasted the blood, mm -hmm. it would not, you would not be able to break it of it. So that was a, that was that kind of harsh rural punishment. Wow. Dang. I was just thinking that's exactly the reaction I had the first time I had sushi. I was like, Oh my God, I need some more. I know. Well, but sushi is so dang addictive, isn't it? Good sushi is. Oh no, crazy. I just, I can see, I can drive by a place that's got sushi and be like, mm, maybe yeah. I should just, have I got time to just stop in for just one little help in a sushi? One. <laughs> that's me and you did that one time, once or twice at least. Boy, that was a good place to eat too. I still haven't taken you to that really excellent sushi place in Hendersonville. Y'all, we need to go when we can. It's. It is without a doubt the best place I've ever had sushi. It is. We're lucky in this area. We've got so many restaurants that have good food, not just Southern cooking. As a matter of fact, I have to say, I don't really see any restaurants that have Southern cooking anymore. In no, that's, the, that's the restaurant we need to open. Yeah, the one that has the real Southern cooking. Well, Miss Byron. Yeah. We have managed to take up a little bit of time. Good for us. I say and yes. These, and these poor old people have had to listen to us, and we ain't sung no gospel music or nothing. <laughs> I think we did pretty good. I do, too. But I'll tell you what, this is not the gospel music season for me. It really no. is. I tell you, I've got some guests coming on. I've got a guest coming on, is what I'm going to say, for this last two weeks of of, of the month and I'm going to coax you into a, a ghost story before it's all over oh you know I would love to do that I've been thinking about trying to do that on the Facebook live yeah. um, but I'm gonna carve a turnip into a jack-o-lantern I'm gonna talk about ancestor veneration mm -hmm. so we can throw those all into the weird mountain gals mix yeah. so yeah we need to I tell you it's a, I had a ghost walk over my grave today uh, that's no joke. It's been ancestor time. It has. Oh my you know, goodness. All day and all night. And yeah, they've been on my mind in a way that is more than what they usually are. Well, um, tis the season. Yeah, it is. The yeah. season. So, well, I'm going to go, go light me a black candle. <laughs> I'm going to hit the road. I got a little bit to do today. I mostly am reading books and writing reviews and doing some endorsements, but I think the sun just came out. So I'm going to go pay my credit card bill while the sun is shining. Right. You go do All it. Right. And I'm going to go sit here and listen to this video. Or right. What am I saying? Y'all be good or don't have, what is it you say? Have behavior. Have behavior. Yes. <laughs> and enjoy this season, the season of plenty. Yep. The yep. season of remembering. Yep. Of remembrance. For sure. Tell the story if you need to. And Tell all the story. Yep. So yep. I and I will talk to you soon. Give me a hug. Right. Whatever you want. Yep. Thank you. All, all right. right. Bye, y'all. Bye.
Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.